Jesus makes us family. When you hear those words, Jesus makes us family, I realize how you feel about them probably initially has more to do with how you feel about family than about Jesus. Because if the word family makes you cringe rather than smile, that's going to impact how you respond to the idea that Jesus has drawn you into one. So what does it mean for us that Jesus makes us family? Well, for me as a single person, the question I actually dislike most is, do you have a family? Because when people ask that, of course, what they're really asking is if I'm married and have children. So, but if I answer, no, I don't have a family, I've just denied the family that I do have and that I treasure. So I learned somewhere along the way that if people ask me, do you have a family? I immediately tell them, yes, I do. And then I tell them about my parents and my sister and my nieces. Family for me might look different than it looks for you, but there are people to whom I belong. But what this value of our church is stating is that people to whom you belong don't have to be blood relatives. In Jesus' love for us, he has made a family of us by connecting us by his blood shed for us. And that connection isn't a temporary one, it's eternal, because it's not forged by us, but by Jesus. Jesus makes us brothers and sisters to each other forever by his love. And Ephesians reminds us at what time we were nothing to each other, not related, not maybe even of the same race or culture or opinions, not connected at all to each other until Jesus showed up in our lives and shattered the masks that we wear and revealed that what we have in common is the fact that we are all broken. We all need a Savior and that we all have one. Ephesians points out in what Jesus came to do for us, even now we see and know that God's love for us comes first. And because we have been loved like that, he calls us to rejoice not only in our connection with him as family, but also in our connection with each other as brothers and sisters in his grace. Jesus gives us a new identity, a forever identity, and then he leads us into his call to discipleship, which is for us to live into that identity. Through Jesus, we've been adopted into this family of grace. We share the same heavenly father, but Jesus tells us we live into that family resemblance when our lives reflect our Father's heart, when we live as a chip off the old block. Whoever does the will of my heavenly Father is my brother, sister, and mother, Jesus says. The discipleship core value we're asking the Lord to help us grow into tonight is Jesus makes us family. So how do we grow into that? Well, the first part of that sentence, of course, is Jesus makes us. What Jesus wants for us first is to know that we belong in the love of God the Father, to find our home as one who belongs to him. In John 17, Jesus prays for us, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you've sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. 
Since the Garden of Eden, when humankind chose to trust the deceiver instead of God, came the self-imposed dreadful curse of sin's consequence. We were separated by sin from God's immediate holy presence. And on the cross, Jesus chose to bear that dreadful curse on himself and to die with it and to rise without it so he could open wide the door for us to be welcomed back into God's intimate presence by the grace of Jesus' faithfulness on our behalf. But Ephesians 2 tells us why he did this was not just for our relationship with God, but also for the sake of our relationship with each other. 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace. His purpose was to create in himself one humanity out of the two, thus making peace. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Jesus still bears the scars of the nails, the price that he paid to invite us to be his family forever. So why would we let anything keep us from entering into those arms of love? And what could possibly keep us from wanting others to know that love is for them too? The Jesus makes us, part of Jesus makes us family, shows that we grow in this value when we keep our eyes focused on the fact that it's Jesus who does all of this for all of us. He is the uniting factor. He himself is our peace. And sometimes, finding peace in the family is that simple, to just return our focus on what actually unites us. But then Jesus also tells us how we grow in the family resemblance. When knowing whose we are, we seek to live out the heart of the Father's love in our lives, too. Jesus said, those who do the will of my Father in heaven are my brother and sister and mother. So how do we do the will of our Heavenly Father and how we act and how we live with each other? How are we called to live as family? Ephesians 4 gives us some hints. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. See, being adopted into the family is through Jesus' work. He paid all the adoption fees for you through the cross. You're in the family of grace. And now the call on your life is to learn what it means to be his family for one another. Family is a beautiful thing, but as you know, families can be tricky and messy and hard. Because just because we love each other doesn't mean we're always going to like each other or agree with each other or that we'll never get irritated with each other or sin against each other, right? That's how it goes with real human beings, unfortunately. But as Jesus loved us, we are also called to grow in love for each other. Love not necessarily as a feeling, although it can be, but as an action, and since whenever we seek to imitate Jesus' example, we quickly realize we need more power than we have, on these Lenten Wednesdays, as we look at these core values, we're going to be intentionally asking the Holy Spirit to be at work in us. The only way we can grow in becoming like Jesus is if His Spirit is shaping us from the inside out, producing the fruit only He can 
in us. Galatians 5, through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thinking about how Jesus makes us family, what kinds of fruit do you need grown in you to help you live into that value? In a few moments, we're going to be taking some time to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the specific things that each of us need to confess and surrender, those things that keep us from living into that value. And then we're going to intentionally ask the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of His work in us instead, to give us the power to do the will of our Heavenly Father in our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Jesus' love. And of course, I can't tell you what needs to be confessed or surrendered in you. Only God knows that. But I do know this, that Jesus' desire for you is to draw you close, close to his love, close to God's grace, and closer to people by his love. That is his desire, and it has been his desire for us since the very first day in the Garden of Eden, and it's the life that awaits us in heaven's restoration, that Jesus will make us family. So will you let him do that restoring work in you tonight?